Coming up on the Rami Lavi podcast, the Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl 57 champions, and Patrick Mahomes is the definition of MVP. One of the greatest second half performances from a guy on one leg in the Super Bowl I have ever seen or in any sport I've ever seen. They score on every possession of the second half. What a performance from Patrick Mahomes. Not to get lost in all this. An otherworldly performance as well from Jalen Hurts. A couple other storylines, minor storylines from this game. All that and a whole lot more coming up next on the Rami Lavi podcast. Stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One of the things I talk about on this podcast a lot is the stigma against mental health. I think, unfortunately, there has been a stigma, but we're slowly breaking it. And if you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, overwhelmed, or maybe you just want to talk to someone, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help access your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in another 48 hours. Plus, you can exchange unlimited text messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. So I talk about on this podcast how your mindset towards things changes everything. One of the things that I learned in therapy was that join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Rami. That's my first name. That's betterhelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash R-A-M-I, my first name, Rami. If you use that link, the link is in the description in the podcast notes. If you use that link, you'll get 10% off and it'll also help me out. So please do that. I'm telling you it's worth it. Do it today. Welcome back to the Rami Lavi podcast, episode 135, and the Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl 57 champions. They win for the second time in four years. Patrick Mahomes wins his second Super Bowl MVP. So many incredible storylines from this game. We'll recap it all, but yet the storyline from this game, the biggest storyline, the story coming out of it, what everyone on their talking head, blabbering mouth talk shows is going to talk about tomorrow is the penalty at the end of the game now do i know that that definitely changes the game no i do not but with the way the philadelphia offense was moving at the end of the game a field goal after butker already missed one a field goal that's a little bit further back um still probably only about a 30 yarder but a minute 45 to just get a field goal with the way the chiefs defense had played also all day you think they couldn't have done that uh it's hard to imagine that Philly couldn't have done that, and it's a shame because it was a fantastic game. I tweeted this out at some point in the game. I don't remember the exact tweet, but towards the end of the game, I said, just appreciate what you're watching. It was, I think it was after, right after the Patrick Mahomes 20-yard run on that last drive. Uh, you're watching greatness. Sometimes you have to, in the moment, pinch yourself and remind yourself of what you're watching, and you're watching an all-time great Super Bowl and one of the all-time great players, and on the other side, 
an all-time great performance by Jalen Hurts. And in a moment, the Super Bowl goes from being remembered that way to being remembered as a holding call. Well, people are going to say determining the game, but it, it didn't determine the game, obviously. And to me, I'm doing it because after the AFC Championship game, I didn't feel the need to open the podcast with it because I didn't think it changed the game. I thought Cincinnati had two opportunities to come down the field and win the game. Um, But in this game, you didn't get the opportunity to come down the field and win the game if you're Philadelphia because of the penalty. You would have had a chance to go win the game. You would have had a chance to at least tie it and send it to overtime. And it felt like it was headed that way. And then all of a sudden it wasn't. Um, And that is a direct result. And maybe Kansas City would have made the plays necessary on defense to win the game. And that's how the game would have ended. And maybe Kansas City still wins anyway. And Kansas City deserves that win. The comeback was incredible. Unbelievable job by them. And we'll get into all of it. We'll recap the whole game. We'll take it from the top. But to say that it wasn't a deciding factor that there wasn't more of an unknown. That's, that's a bad call. And Roger Goodell can say that. And he said earlier in the week that he doesn't think the NFL has an officiating problem. I don't know how you could stand up there and say that afterwards. I don't know how you can honestly convince yourself that because look, officiating is not perfect. Coaches aren't perfect. Players aren't perfect. No one's perfect. It's part of the game. The imperfections are part of the game, but in that spot, it looks bad. And then when your commissioner then goes ahead and says that the league does not have a problem, it makes it worse. So an incredible game, an incredible moment, and we'll talk about all of it. But if you're going to do three minutes off the top just to talk about the refs, that's what you got to do. Because I think more than last game, um, more than the conference championship games, there's a real gripe for people who are saying that... uh, Philly got robbed, at least got robbed of having a chance to go down the field and tie it, got robbed of a last possession. Um, And I think we as football fans got robbed of it because whether Kansas City makes a stop, whether Philly ties it, whether Philly takes the lead, whether it goes to overtime, whatever happens from that point on, I would have wanted to see it. You want to see the games decided on the field. And so whether you agree with the call or not, and the call was borderline, but whether you agree with the call or not, um, you don't want to see it. You want to see the games decided on the field. All that said, I hope you rode with me. I hope you rode with me on last episode because I won you some money. The Chiefs win. I'm happy. I It almost felt like I know what it feels like to win a Super Bowl. I love gambling. Uh, six and one in my last seven picks. Um, I picked it correctly to the T. I mean, I told you that uh, Kelsey would score. I told you that the Eagles would win the first half and the Chiefs would win the second, would win the game. And if it went to overtime, that bet would have been killed too. Obviously, Chiefs money line at plus 118, and then I had my Chiefs future at plus 800 from October. So I'm a happy camper. I'm still, like, again, I'm still objective. I can still tell you that what we saw maybe shouldn't have happened. But also what we saw was amazing. It doesn't take anything away from what we saw from Patrick Mahomes, what we saw from Jalen Hurts. And I think those two quarterbacks are the story of this game. More than anything else, if you put the outside noise aside, the story of this game was what we saw from the two quarterbacks. And two of the most gifted quarterbacks in the league. And you could put Joe Burrow and you could put Josh Allen in that conversation also. But these two guys showed you what they're capable of on the biggest stage. And Patrick Mahomes now. Just a little bit of appreciation for what Patrick Mahomes 
has accomplished to this point in his career. Patrick Mahomes is 27 years old. And at 27, he's been a five-year starter in the NFL. It's his fifth year starting. He's had 12-plus wins in every single season so far as a starter. He has two NFL MVPs. He's gone to five AFC title games and hosted all five of them. He's been he's hosted every title. He's hosted the title game, I should say, every year that he's been a starter, which is actually funny. This is the first time that he's worn a white road jersey in an NFL postseason game because he's never been to a road playoff game. It's either been at home or a neutral site in his five year career. Unreal. Um, he's won three Super Bowl or he's been to three Super Bowls, now won two of them, and he's a two time Super Bowl MVP, three time All Pro. Five-time Pro Bowler, um, two-time. Well, he never he never went. <laughs> Maybe he went once. I guess he could have gone last year, but um, he was in the Super Bowl three times. So, yeah, I guess he could have gone last year in his first year. He's a two-time NFL passing leader, and he holds the NFL record for the most yards in a single season this year. He had 5,614 total yards. Damn. This is a guy who's on his way to a Hall of Fame career, and what he did tonight was spectacular and miraculous every word you want to use and people are comparing it to the shilling game to the flu game any situation that you want to compare it to you can compare it to because there was a moment in this game that it felt like he was definitely not going to be the same after that point and unlike in the AFC championship game where he was clearly limited and he wasn't doing certain things because of his limitations in this game he wasn't showing any signs of those limitations he was moving around in the pocket outside the pocket running with the ball taking off and running Everything he needed to do to get the win. So how did it happen? Let's uh, let's go back. Let's let's recap from the top. Look, I said this before the game: win or lose, I'm never going to bet against Mahomes again. I don't ever want to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Something may change that. Someone may come along who's better. Jalen Hurts impressed the hell out of me tonight. Joe Burrow was tough as hell to bet against him last week. I really thought he was going to come down and win the game a couple of times, and he did it. But Patrick Mahomes, uh, I, like when I saw he posted a video, he dropped a video, I think last night of like a pregame hype video. And I was like, yeah, I'm never betting against this guy. And he proved why. And I said that win or lose. If they would have lost, if he walked off that field after a field goal and Jalen Hurts marched right down the field the other way and won the game, sure, fine. But I'm still not betting against Mahomes. Mahomes is that special. So early in the game, it starts off, uh, the first thing I noticed was Hertz was running to avoid the rush. Not a lot of design runs. They were getting to him. Notice there was only one sack in the game, and it was on a play where Hertz went out of bounds about a yard short. That was the only sack because Jalen Hertz was running in this game every time they got to him. They were rushing with four and five, and every time they couldn't seal the edges, he had a few plays late where he had to throw it away, where the pressure was getting to him. And this was how it came in the second half. And that was maybe the difference in the first half of the second half. The first half, every time there was pressure, Jalen Hurts just took off and ran. Um, and on the opening drive, that's what they did. They marched right down the field. Hurts scores the touchdown, his first of many in the game. He gritties his way off the field. And whenever a guy gritties his way off the field, I'm like, oh boy, here we go. That's not going to come back to bite you. And it almost didn't because of how well he played the rest of the way. It's not like he made a mistake. Kansas City and something both teams I saw uh, were doing was a lot of pre-snap motion and a lot of quick stuff getting up to the line quickly throwing you know quick short passes screen stuff like that swing passes um, Kansas City was doing a lot of that and Philly was doing a lot of the, the same thing rushing up to the line the reason you run up to the line 
slow down the rush. You don't want the big men uh, to, you know, to be able to catch their breath. That Those rush, those big D linemen, uh, you don't want them to be able to catch their breath. You don't want them be able to be able to change out personnel. So you run up to the line and you snap it quickly and you run something quick. Uh, right away, you could see Mahomes took off on the very first drive. And you're like, okay, Mahomes is not only willing, he was going to test that ankle early. It almost seemed like he wanted to test it early to see if he can do it. He could do it and he ran and he looked great. Also early, um, exactly what I talked about on the pregame episode, that Travis Kelsey was moving around all over the place. Every single play, there was pre-play motion. They were lining him up at the line of scrimmage. He was chipping on one of the run plays on the Pacheco play. He was blocking, and then on the other play, he was you know motioned. Every play, they moved him around. They lined him up outside. They lined him up on one side of the line of scrimmage, the other side of the line of scrimmage, in the backfield. They were moving him around. They were using him as a decoy, but ultimately for himself. And then he runs that wheel route where he starts from the inside of the field, starts running up towards the inside and cuts to the outside. That's how he scores the touchdown to tie the game. Um, he now has more touchdowns, receiving touchdowns than anyone in the history of the postseason not named Jerry Rice. He passes Gronk. Maybe the greatest tight end of all time. He's definitely now. Now you could have that conversation. I know that if Gronk stays healthy a few of those years, he probably puts up better numbers. And Gronk seemed more unstoppable at times. At times. I'm not saying that Kelsey is stoppable in any way. But at times it felt like Gronk was more unstoppable. Uh, But tonight was one of those nights that it felt like when they needed him most, Kelsey was unstoppable. And statistically, and he stayed healthy more. And statistically now, if he does this for a couple more years, he's definitely challenging Gronk in that conversation for the greatest tight end of all time. Then you saw on the second drive, this is what it was going to be. It was going to be the pressure that can contain Jalen Hurts and force him to throw away. He was getting away from the pressure, but he was not getting sacked. And that's what happened on the second drive. They get this, they uh, get the stop, but they force, it was forcing Jalen Hurts. It was all going to start with the inside guys. It was all going to start with the defensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City on their second drive comes back down the other way. It's the same exact thing. The quick screens, the pre-play motion, Kelsey all over the place. But this is where the game started to turn in the first half. Instead of going for it on fourth down from the 25-yard line, what was it, fourth and four, fourth and short, they kick a 42-yard field goal and doink it um, and miss it. And now it's 7-7. All of a sudden, momentum for the Eagles. They come right back down the field. And from that point on, Till maybe the last drive or two, and we'll get there in a second, or not the last drive, but a couple drives in the fourth quarter, the Eagles' offense was unstoppable. The next touchdown is a deep ball to A.J. Brown, which was incredible positioning on the play uh, by the safety, but then he gets he just gets turned around, just bad technique, a 45-yard touchdown to A.J. Brown. And there's another thing that Jalen Hurts was going to do all day. He was going to let his receivers go up and make plays for him. He was willing to throw it deep and a few times it worked out a few times it didn't work out we saw with Goddard on the sideline later in the game it did work out Devontae Smith it worked out he's going to throw up the ball and just hey guys go make plays for me put it in a spot where only they can get it and there's a certain skill to that also not that's not saying that he's just throwing it up and letting guys make plays he's saying I trust my guy I'm going to throw it in a perfect spot where only they can make a play on it and they did make plays all day long his receivers were incredible helping him out the Eagles take the lead and they start coming at Patrick Mahomes on defense and at that point in the game the game felt like it was all Eagles 
And when you get to the half, and we'll talk about obviously one th- big thing that happened before the half, but you get to the half, and to me, the entire first half, from the first two drives for Kansas City and on, from that missed field goal and on, it felt like everything was controlled by Philly. They had a time of possession. I think at one point it was like 22 to 8 they showed, right, in the first 30 minutes of the game. They dominated the time of possession. They got whatever they want on offense. It's as good as I've seen Jalen Hurts play. When he wanted to run the ball, he ran the ball. When he was extending the plays to throw the ball downfield, no matter what he wanted to do, he was getting it done. They couldn't stop him. Kansas City's defense could not do anything to stop Jalen Hurts. And then the other side of it, though, is they're up 24-14 to 14 at the half because they don't convert on the Devontae Smith play, which we'll get to in a second. But after a false start that was so close, and it's exactly what you talk about, those were the close false starts, and maybe the league was looking at it. Maybe this is, the, I mean, this is what we talked about pregame. Maybe the league was looking for this. Maybe the refs were looking for them to just start a drop early because this is one of the closest called false starts that I've seen where it looks like they're moving as the ball is moving, and yet they call Philadelphia for a false start on the play. That backs them up, takes them out of third and manageable, which they were in all day. Every single play was third and manageable. They make it a throwing down, and Hertz drops back to pass and makes his only mistake of the day, which was he gets stripped, just a little lackluster, a little careless, holding the ball out. He gets stripped. It's a fumble and returned uh, to, for a touchdown by Nick Bolden. And at that point, right, that ties the game at that point. And then even though Philly comes right back down, and again, another drive where they essentially convert two fourth downs, right? Because the first one, they just run up the middle for 20 yards with Jalen Hurts. And then the second drive or the second fourth down, they get them to jump off sides. That sets a first and goal from the four. A bad mistake by Kansas City leads to a Philly touchdown. Philly scores a, the second rushing touchdown for Jalen Hurts. And now they go up 21-14. By the way, at that point, I'm like, uh, the missed field goal by Bucker might be the difference in the game. And it wasn't the only time that I thought that. I was gonna, I thought that a few times throughout the game. Um, so, yeah, that, that's what happens at that point. They score the touchdown. And then the game turns on its heels. Patrick Mahomes running at the end, trying to pick up some yardage on their last possession of the first half. And he gets hurt and he's clearly injured. His ankle, whatever it is, whatever it was, that whether he's playing through it and he's playing hurt, high ankle sprain, broken ankle. I don't know what the injury is. I can't tell you I'm not a doctor. I haven't seen the ankle. I don't know. But it's not good. He was clearly hurt, clearly injured, clearly in pain gingerly walks off the field it was almost like he's down and he's like ow 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 okay snap out of it I can't let them know I'm hurt it was more than just I'm I'm not hurt it was more than just not feeling the pain it was convincing himself and showing the 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 eagles and showing his teammates I am not hurt I'm going to play no matter what and he said that before the game he said that after the game no matter what he felt he was going to play one way or another but now I'm seriously concerned as a Kansas City Chiefs fan for the night as a Kansas City Chiefs better. I thought it was over. I thought they're a down seven at this point. And how are they going to come back in the second half with a limited Patrick Mahomes? The Patrick Mahomes that we saw in the AFC Championship game, he was great. It was incredible. It was one of the most amazing performances that I saw fighting through the pain. And what he was able to do in that game, despite his limitations in that game, clearly was amazing. Yes. But that Patrick Mahomes is not coming back from a two-touchdown lead. So when the Devontae deep ball goes up 
and the thirty what would have been a thirty five yard gain, and the refs blow it dead. Which, by the way, again, good for them jumping in there quickly at that point and making them review it essentially. When that gets called a drop, when that gets called back, it's a huge call overturned. Because despite picking up the fourth down, which the Eagles just, it seems like they do all day, that QB sneak where they stop him. They stop Hurts on that QB sneak. It seemed like every time they stop him initially, and then that second push is what gets him in. But despite converting another one of those, they hold them to a field goal on that drive. And mainly because of that overturned call, they had to cover more ground. But it's 24 to 14, and it feels like utter domination by Philly. They dominated the time of possession. They ran the ball whenever they wanted to. They converted the third downs and fourth downs whenever they wanted to. They did everything they wanted to do. They completely controlled the game in the first half. And this is the script. This is exactly what Philly has done all year long. Now, I needed Philly to be leading at the half for my bet, so I wanted them to be leading. But a 10-point game, a double-digit lead, this is exactly what they do. Now all they need to do, pin their ear back, ears back, get after Patrick Mahomes, and run the game out. It's exactly their script the entire season. But there was this little slight feeling, and this is why I, why I tweeted out. I said, they dominated, but there's one play that's a huge difference. If that strip sack doesn't happen, it's at least 24-7, to 7, possibly more, and the entire game is different. So Jalen Hurts, who played a perfect half other than one huge play and and that's the difference at that point because despite all that it felt like that it should have been 30 to 7 instead it's only a 10 point game 10 point game felt small but there's still the doubt Patrick Mahomes and even in a 10 point game is he healthy after the TJ Edwards hit tackle on him you can do all these things you could talk about improving there was a lot for Kansas City to improve in the second half but still down 10. The Chiefs hadn't been down double digits since week 13 this season. And teams leading by double digits at halftime were 26-1 and in Super Bowl history per ESPN stats and info. The only team to come back was the New England Patriots when they beat the Falcons in the 28-3 game. They were down 18 at the half. By the way, this just in, so this changes a little bit, I guess. Uh, James Bradbury, the corner for uh, the Eagles, said he did tug Juju Smith's jersey and he was hoping the refs would let it slide. Um, unless there's a more definitive angle that shows that it was a little bit more egregious, I agree with uh, him that he should have let it slide. Uh, the, re- the refs should have let it slide because he was in decent position. He wasn't in great position. Um, so like I was saying, they're down 10, but there's two major question marks. Down 10 doesn't feel like a lot for Philly or for Kansas City, I should say especially when you have Patrick Mahomes coming out in the second half. But the thing about Patrick Mahomes is we don't know what kind of Patrick Mahomes we're getting in that second half. We don't know how healthy he is, if healthy at all. And the second question was, can the Kansas City defense stop the Eagles? They couldn't stop them at all in that first half. The only time they really stopped them was because they got that strip sack fumble. So an interesting thing coming out of the half, I think it was Aaron Andrews who said, yeah, we know that we don't get Andy Reid uh, if, if the Eagles or with the Chiefs, I keep saying that, if the Chiefs are down, used to be on the Eagles, but if the Chiefs are down at the half, you don't get Andy Reid. He doesn't comment if they're down at the half, which is a really interesting strategy. Uh, the the Reid haters out there probably uh, give them some bait on that one, I guess. Get them get them all riled up about that. But the for any questions that you had about Patrick Mahomes, because there were a lot, the first drive, the very first drive of the second half, 
answers every single one of them. And it shows you the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. And it was on full display right there. And there were so many times in this game that I was just appalled and going, wow, Patrick Mahomes. I felt like Tony Romo. Jim! uh, Jim! Patrick Mahomes! I felt... That was me. And and you could look at my notes that I was taking during the game. And every few lines is just all caps Mahomes. And that is exactly why I didn't bet against this guy in this game. I couldn't bring myself to bet against him, even though I wanted to hedge a little bit. I couldn't do it. Some athletes are just special. Some athletes show you that they're different than everyone else. And it's the same thing with, it's similar to Tom Brady, where Tom Brady always won. But Tom Brady won almost it felt like because the guys around him and somehow he was always winning. The same with Derek Jeter. Jeter and Brady are very similar where somehow they were always right in the middle of winning. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they were the reasons why they won. A Malcolm Butler interception, the tuck rule game, all those different things, right? But they were always the ones winning in the end. And then there's guys like Michael Jordan, like Kobe Bryant, who they are the reason. They, no matter what was going on, were going to go out there and rip your soul out. And that is Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes in that second half puts up 24 points. They scored on every single drive in the second half the Chiefs did. And he dominated. When he needed to run the ball, he ran the ball. When he needed to throw the ball on big third downs, every single thing. The two touchdowns, by the way, they run the touchdown one side to Kadarius Toney. They run the other touchdown on the other side to Sky Moore. They ran the exact same play, which is inexcusable by Philadelphia that they didn't adjust. That they let them run the exact same play on opposite sides. But it felt like, and Travis Kelsey said this after the game, what was the difference in the second half? He said, we found, he's, they asked him, the question was, why are you always so open? He said, because we have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are so special. They found what they wanted to do. And there was a pregame interview where they asked Reid, they're like, how long do you see yourself doing this for? You're pretty old. What if you win today? Do you walk away? And he's like, I still have Mahomes. I can't walk away from this guy. And he's right. How do you walk away from a guy like Patrick Mahomes, a guy as talented and special as Patrick Mahomes? And he showed you why in this game. Now, on the other side, there are a couple other things. Uh, All game, all game long. And Olsen was right on this all game long. It was third and short every time for the Eagles. The game plan, that the game calling by Nick Sirianni and the offensive coordinator was unreal. Jalen Hurts executed it to perfection. Everything was working in unison for the Eagles. The run game, the offensive line, Jalen Hurts, the receivers, the tight ends was perfect. Literally perfect. Um, There was a really close delayed game call that makes it, I think it was third and 14, right? And then the throw to Goddard. And this was a huge play in the game also. And just another case of Jalen Hurts saying, hey, I'm going to throw it up and let a guy go make a play. And he does. Goddard goes and makes the play. It's really close. And then the strangest thing, and I've never heard this in my life, and if you want to say that this whole game was rigged, um, this just adds to your argument, right? <laughs> With, I mean, this call, I had never heard that they said that they wouldn't let them hurry up to the line because the play ended out of bounds. I assume it has to be on the the team's uh, bench, right? It can't just end out of bounds on either side. But because it ended out of bounds by the Eagles bench, Goddard coming back in is officially a substitution. And so they come back in. And now Andy Reid has time to look at the play and he challenges it. 
first of all, be consistent. Earlier in the game, they overturned it without having to challenge it, right? It came from upstairs. But this time, we've seen this time and time again. We know that the league doesn't want them to run up to the line after what happened uh, against San Francisco, right? On the first drive of the game, the Eagles run up to the line after a close call out of bounds uh, with Devontae Smith, and it ends up getting not looked at, right? And that was clearly a drop on that play. So here, I understand the referees not wanting them to run up to the line. I think it's actually the right thing to do by the NFL. But I have just never heard of this situation. I've never heard of a call, and they don't even explain it. I had never heard of that before. The ref's not letting them hurry up because the play ending on the sideline counts as a substitution. I I mean, if anyone's ever heard of that, let me know. Like, DM me or something because I never heard of that. Kansas City challenges, and of course, we go to commercial. And this is... I'm not even going to talk about it anymore. If you want to hear someone talk about it, I'm sure Rosillo talked about it. Um, but they have to go to the commercial. Even in the Super Bowl, they have to get all their money in that spot. Almost with the Pacheco injury. This was a weird one also, where the Pacheco injury... Um, Olsen starts saying, man, what a hit. Like he was going to say something like that. And, and Burkhart goes, oh, we just hope he's okay. And he's on the field two plays later. Like it didn't even look that bad. But how quickly Fox was running to go to commercial because they wanted, they were hoping for an injury timeout for a little bit more commercial spots. And Pacheco was fine. He just got the wind knocked out of him. It wasn't such a vicious hit. Like the trainer came onto the field. He got up and walked off. Like it wasn't a big deal. He was kneeled over for a second. We've all felt that. We've all had that feeling. I don't know to that extent. I can't say, but we've all been there. And then they come back from commercial and they're lining up and it's all great. All right, first down. Let's go. Play moves on. It's a first down. We're not going to have time to really get into it, but uh, just trust us on this one. It's a first down. So the Goddard play, that, that that's what happened on that play. But it's just weird. If you want to say it's rigged, yeah. And so to me, the two biggest things, every third and long, which weren't a lot, like I said, they, they were always keeping it in third and manageable. But every time there was a third and long, Jalen Hurts was throwing up a ball and making or letting his receiver go make a play. And every time it was a short yard situation, whether there was a third or fourth down, he ran for it and pushed it through. It's just unreal. Um... And then on that drive, actually, because Hurst was having just an MVP performance, just an MVP performance. And then on third and 11, though, later on the Goddard drive, they get stopped. They kick the field goal. And Hurts on that drive did set the record for rush yards in a Super Bowl, just unreal. And then the Tony touchdown, which is the second touch, which was the first of the two plays, the exact two plays that we talked about, was the first lead of the day for the Chiefs uh, at that point in the game. That was with about... 12 minutes to go in the game, so about three minutes into the fourth quarter, they take their first lead of the day. And then after forcing a punt, I think there were only three or four punts on the day, they force a punt, they get a punt return, a great punt return to set them up, and they score another touchdown to go up by eight at that point. And if it weren't for such a quick drive, I guess, they could have milked that drive and made that drive even longer. But because of the punt return, all of a sudden that's just a really short drive, and it's an eight-point game. And this is what we've never seen from Philadelphia. Now they're down eight. And can they play from behind? And at that point, it felt like they shouldn't have been behind because they had possession the whole game. They did everything right. They made every play in this game. To me, it felt like that Philadelphia was on one side making every single play that they needed to make. Played a perfect game almost. But they never got the big play in the game. There were two big plays in the game and they both belonged to Kansas City. The strip sack fumble return for a touchdown. 
and the huge punt return. And yeah, so you had a couple of deep balls. The deep ball, obviously, on the next drive, which was unreal. But for Philadelphia, they get get the deep ball to Devontae, right? And that sets up the touchdown to tie the game. And then the two-point conversion, both by Hertz, his third rushing touchdown of the game. The two-point conversion added a fourth, if you want to call it a fourth touchdown, a fourth score for Jalen Hurts. Just incredible, right? He sets the record, three touchdowns in the game, ties the record for three touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Just unbelievable. And throwing a passing touchdown on top of it, by the way. But before that 46-yard pass to Devontae, it felt like all the big plays, the two big plays in the game, despite every... Like I said, Philadelphia was perfect, and they should have been up by three scores at the half. But instead, it's only 10, right? Because somehow Kansas City made the two biggest plays of the day. The kick return, or punt return rather, and the and the fumble, strip sack fumble recovery for a touchdown. And now you're set up. Five minutes left. after. By the way, it's called the octopus. I just learned about this on Friday. The octopus. When the same player gets a touchdown and a two-point conversion. can't be a quarterback throwing it, obviously. So it has to be either a guy receives it and rushes it or a guy rushes it twice or receives two of them. But he receives or, you know, the same guy gets the the touchdown and the two-point conversion. It's called an octopus because you get all eight points. Get it? So Jalen Hurts gets the octopus, and now there's five minutes left, and it's a tie game. And to that point, I just look. I'm like, look, I'm going to be honest with myself here. I'm rooting for Mahomes all day. But Hurts is outplaying Mahomes at this point, and Kansas City couldn't get a stop, and it was just a question of can Philly can Philly's defense adjust? We saw the last two drives, Patrick Mahomes ran the exact same play to score the touchdown. Can they adjust? And then Mahomes did it again. Another oh my god, Mahomes! Another that's that's what it says in my notes. Another twenty yard plus run when it's you know looks like he's going to be sacked and everyone's covered and the situation's dire. Uh, and then the play that, you know, now everyone's going to talk about the holding gets called on third and eight Kansas city picks up a first down McKinnon goes down at the one yard line. They take two knees. They kick a field goal and win the super bowl. That's not the story. I'm sorry. It's just not Patrick Mahomes on one leg scored 24 points and scored on every single possession in the second half. Jalen hurts was perfect outside of one play in this game. These two quarterbacks were magical. And the most special quarterback I've ever seen is Patrick Mahomes, and that's the story of this game. It just is. The Kansas City O-line, by the way, it's it should be a story also because they held up. All we heard all week was about the defensive line and the offensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles. So give a hell of a lot of credit to Kansas City's O-line, and it helps when you have Patrick Mahomes getting rid of the ball as quickly as he did, him dancing in the pocket and making plays with his legs. But it's Patrick Mahomes, and by the way, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, they'll be back. That's what I saw from this game. You want to know if the Eagles can play with the big boys, right? Wasn't that a question coming into this game? That, that Who'd they really beat this year? San Francisco didn't have a quarterback. The Giants, they haven't played any real quarterbacks all year. They played against one of the most magical, incredible performances that I've ever seen from a quarterback in my life in Patrick Mahomes, what Patrick Mahomes did in that second half. And they damn near should have won the game, right? They would have had a shot at going down the field, a a two-minute drill for the win, if it weren't for a missed call. 
or a bad call. Not a not a bad call, but a call that was a 50-50 call that could have gone either way. And had they chosen not to call it, had the league chosen not to make that call, not to blow the whistle there, not to throw the flag, Jalen Hurts would have had a chance to go down the field and see what he can do. And people can say, well, he's running more than he's throwing. I don't care. He's a thick dude. He can take the hits. His ability to run is just as impressive as his ability to throw and probably more impressive. But it's part of his game. Get off your, you know, all you old people who are yelling, get off my lawn. Oh, he's not a passing quarterback. Not, not so, uh, not so impressive. I don't know what to tell you. He was incredibly impressive in this game. And I would have loved to have seen that last drive out of him. Would I have been nervous as hell with the money that I had on the line with the Chiefs? Of course I would have. But I still want to see it. I want to see greatness, like I always say. So, no reason to hang your heads if you're the Eagles. Yeah, I'm sure Philadelphia's burning tonight and Roger Goodell will probably get some angry letters in the mail and all that stuff and we'll hear all about it. But, I don't know. You, you have a bright future ahead. That offensive line, Devontae Smith is young. Goddard is young. You have three running backs that are pretty capable. A.J. Brown, you just traded for him, right? He's not going anywhere anytime soon. And you have one of the most special quarterbacks in the NFC. There are not a lot of great quarterbacks in the NFC right now. And you have one of them. And he really, truly is one of the great quarterbacks. But like I said, the story is Patrick Mahomes. After Tyreek leaves, and everyone talks about what's this offense going to look like without Tyreek Hill. But what did it look like without Tyreek Hill? It looked like one of the best offenses in the league. It was the number one scoring offense. It was better this year statistically than last year with Tyreek Hill. And Patrick Mahomes basically said, oh, you guys don't think I can do it without him? Oh, you want to put limitations on my game? You want to say Josh Allen is better? He could have beaten me, but I had 13 seconds. Oh, if the defense doesn't choke, how about me? I had to come back and make those plays. You want to say that the second half of the game, I didn't play well against the Cincinnati Bengals? Okay, fine. I didn't play well against the Bengals. They went to the Super Bowl. That makes Joe Burrow better now. All these other guys that you want to anoint ahead of me. They trade away the number one receiver. Mahomes was part of that decision. And it didn't matter. Mahomes... These were his signature wins. Bill Simmons said something interesting on his podcast last week. He said he never felt like Patrick Mahomes had a signature win. He said similar to Brady until really the 28-3 game was the Brady signature win when everyone anointed him officially the GOAT, right? I mean, the game against Seattle is probably one of Brady's best performances in the Super Bowl. Uh, But in that game, they still need the Malcolm Butler interception to win it. So despite the fact that Brady was damn near perfect, and he was in the second half of that game, you still need the Malcolm Butler interception to seal the game. So that couldn't have been Brady's signature game. But it comes later. It comes much later in his career, like almost 18 years into his career, that crazy, crazy comeback against the Atlanta Falcons is 28-3. But in this game, scoring 24 points, scoring on every possession, after the injury, after the way he looked walking off that field, after being down 10, this is the signature win of Patrick Mahomes' career. And when you look at last week and this week combined, or really two weeks ago in the AFC Championship game, and what he did in that game, and him taking off and running, and him putting the team on his back, these are just a stretch of the most incredible performance I've seen from an NFL quarterback in my life. I'm ready to go there and say he's the most amazing quarterback I've seen, and that includes Tom Brady. Because Brady, as amazing of a winner as he was, there was never this moment that I felt, like I said, 28-3 to was probably was the closest. And 
the Super Bowl. There, yes, Brady's unbelievable. I'm not gonna. I'm not turning this into a goat debate. Brady's still the goat. Patrick Mahomes is only 27 years old, though. And that was a moment that you sit back and appreciate watching greatness. You sit back and you pinch yourself and you say, this is what it must have been like to watch Michael Jordan. You never in the moment can appreciate, it's hard to, we're human beings, to appreciate what's happening in front of us in the moment. It's hard. Always look back afterwards and say, wow, look at that time. Wow, if only we were able to sit back and appreciate it in the moment. I'm telling you right now, appreciate it in the moment. And I was watching that game. I was I was appreciating it in the moment. Whether it's Kelsey, Mahomes, it's Andy Reid. And I hope they keep winning. I, I root for dynasties now. I'm sorry. Something changed in me. Something <laughs> changed in me a little while ago. It really clicked, I think, with Giannis Antetokounmpo beating Chris Paul in the finals. Something about that finals had created a change in me. And I, I'm not a front runner. I more than anything, if the Jets were in this game, if the Jets were the Eagles, do you think I'd be rooting for the dynasty? No, I root for my teams first and foremost. But I root for greatness. I root for the dynasties. And I have no shame in it because I want to see these special players. And Patrick Mahomes, he said it's not a dynasty yet. He's still hungry. He still wants to do more. But he is the story. He is the story in this game. And the Eagles will be back and Jalen Hurts will be back. But no one's as good as Mahomes. You could take Josh Allen. You could take Joe Burrow. You could take everyone in the league today. With Brady officially sending in his retirement papers on Friday. There is not a greater quarterback in the NFL today than Patrick Mahomes. And if he retired tomorrow, he'd be a first ballot Hall of Famer in my opinion. That's, that's where we're at with this kid. And he's only 27. And so I'll be rooting for him. Except for when he's playing against my Jets. <laughs> By the way, their early favorites, they're plus 600, which is crazy. They're plus 600 now to win next year's Super Bowl. I had them at plus 800 only three months ago, four months ago, whatever it was, how disrespected they were at some point this season. But everything I said, Tyreek leaves. The defense isn't that good. Who are their receivers? Mahomes is on one foot. He's hurt. He gets hurt in this game. All the question marks didn't matter. None of it matters sometimes. And that's how you know the guy is truly special. So that's it. That's the football season. Another football season in the book. And I know Fox is pushing the USFL uh, to everyone. I'm probably not going to watch it's football. I, who am I kidding? I probably will watch it. Who knows? But there's about 25 games left in the NBA season, which means that basketball playoffs are coming up. And it's, it's going to be a fun race now. Denver and uh, and Phoenix, I think, are the best two teams in the West. And we'll see if Golden State can get, get healthy. We'll see if Memphis can... Keep it up with the, their young core. We'll see if LeBron can make a push. In the Eastern Conference, I'd love to see my Knicks make a push, but you have the top of the conference is so, so loaded with Philadelphia, which feels like they can never win a big game. Milwaukee, who I love. Uh, Boston, who's awesome. And obviously, you also have Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs, who are a solid rising team. So, so much going on in the NBA, the NHL. I mean, holy sh- the The Rangers trade for Vladimir Tarasenko. And what do they score? Six goals in each of the first two games that they've had him so far. Tammy Panarin scores four in the second game. Tarasenko scores the first goal of his game of the game uh, in his first game as a Ranger. I think it was like four minutes in. The dude is special, uh, so that's going to be fun to watch. They have a legitimate, legitimate powerhouse three lines right now. They can roll all three lines, uh, and that, that fourth line is still pretty good. You can work on it. Maybe even get Tyler Mott back. 
They have three defensive pairings now that they got in that trade, also a defenseman that you feel confident in those defensive pairings, especially when Truba's playing the way he's been playing lately, the stretch he's been on, not just with the hits, but I've noticed different things with him just, you know, clearing the pucks away from the net, just being smart and coming back on transition plays, like stuff that he's struggled with. He's playing uh, extremely well right now and it feels like everything's clicking for them. Uh, So there's a lot to talk about in this baseball season. Uh, And maybe we'll get into that on the podcast and what's going on with me and my career uh, because there might be an update as well. So a lot to talk about. On Wednesday's episode, we are going to shift gears. We are going to immediately shift the focus. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of uh, post-game stuff to talk about. So maybe we'll save it for Friday. We'll see how it goes. But um, we'll immediately shift our focus to the New York Knicks and the NBA. I'm joined by my buddy Jake Brown from the Knicks Wall uh, which is a social platform that talks about Knicks. Uh, they're on Twitter. And he's one of my favorite follows on Twitter. So look out for that. We actually had a really uh, fun conversation earlier today. So that's going to, going to be coming up on Wednesday's episode. And until next year, the football season is over. We'll see if we continue the same format with uh, Sunday or Monday, I guess, Sunday night, but Monday morning, Wednesday and Friday. Obviously, that lends itself so well to football. Maybe we'll cut back a little bit now. Uh, in basketball and hockey and then we'll see what happens uh, once those seasons are over as well but I appreciate you all this for listening uh, if you followed along my bets if you just listened shared it with a friend this was like I this like I said this football season was my most fun football season doing it because you know at times I lacked a little bit and I wasn't as consistent as I like to be with this podcast and sometimes there's stuff going on in my life and I have other jobs that are outside of the podcast but to me this is you know what I love this is why I do it is for the podcast and so I can talk about it and the platform that I've created for myself and the following that you guys have created for me to listen to this I appreciate it so much and so um I just I I can't thank you guys enough it's been an awesome ride it was like I said one of my most fun football seasons because I got to do this and I felt like I got to interact and you guys held me accountable also throughout the season when I'm watching a game to really understand what I'm watching and really appreciate it and enjoy what I'm watching because I know that I, I have to get on the podcast and talk about it and someone might call me out and that's fine. I Look, I'm going to be open for debate, but um, so many uh, great things because of this podcast and because of what uh, happened this season. I appreciate all of you. Um, I hope to talk to you guys soon. I'm going to be talking to you guys on Wednesday, obviously. And then after that, uh, we'll see what happens from there. But uh, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for this awesome season to all each and every one of you. If you like the podcast, share it. Um, my voice is going. So I guess this is a good time as ever <laughs> to stop the podcast. Shout out to all my sponsors. Go follow them. If you support them, you support me. And um, again... Thank you to everyone. Like, subscribe, share it with the people you know and love. If you rode with all my picks over the last few weeks, you are a rich man now or a rich woman now. You are richer than you were um, before you were listening. So uh, you're welcome for that. But really, thank you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it more than you know. And until next time on Wednesday, see ya. You were the best nights of my life. You Got the light that always shines I miss the way that you move and the way I get high When you take me to your eyes Like I'm standing in the sky I see your subway cars and your old graffiti I 
breathe your air when I land in another city. I'll be that one that's got you printed on my bones. Yeah, you're all I know. Everywhere I go, oh, oh, I change it all. Oh, oh, always on my Birds flying on the high line With the sidewalks burning We pray for rain in July I want the Yankees 99 yeah. And the Knicks on a sold out night When the curtains close And the Broadway streets are alive hey. I need your heartbeat close Don't you ever leave me And I breathe your air When I land in another city And I'll be that one that's got you Printed on my bones Yeah, you're all I know Shouting prospect, take them long walks on my time spin. Just a kid with that empire, stay the mindset. Kick flipping off a blind deck, dipping from the New York City's finest. Yeah, said I've been up on my New York shit, walking down the block with my New York bitch. I can never leave my city, ain't nothing like it. Even if I do, though, I can never hide it. Top down on the west side when I'm driving, east side be the only side that I'm riding. I'm still here.